Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric, and let me know if this sounds familiar or maybe this has happened to you before. You're working on a new strategy or something you haven't really traded yet, but maybe you've been studying. Maybe you came across something online and thought, oh man, I think I can do this. This looks pretty easy to execute. Uh, and you decide to do some research first, right? You always want to vet something out. You don't want to just trade anything that you come across online, obviously. And you do some back testing, whether it's manual or automated. You're trying out different option strategies, um, different types of stocks or ETFs. And you basically come to the conclusion that this is a strategy that, that looks pretty good. You think you got it down, you understand the mechanics. And you want to start trading it so maybe you start with paper trading or maybe you're using real money and small size to minimize your risk you just want to try this thing out see how it goes and you take a few trades and you're not really seeing the results that you thought you were going to see you have some losing trades maybe the win rate isn't quite there and you decide to kind of go back to the drawing board and maybe adjust the strategy change some settings change some strike selection or how you're going to uh, make the profit. And then you go back to taking the trades again and maybe you get positive results this time. And then ultimately you end up with some losing trades and you're like, well, maybe I should tweak this strategy again. And you end up finding yourself stuck between these two modes of researching a strategy and then the actual execution of the strategy or actually trading the strategy. And being stuck in this loop, you know, it's hard because it affects your confidence. It can cause a lot of frustration, obviously, and a lot of doubt. And if any of this sounds familiar, I'm going to walk through three tips to kind of help you get out of this loop when it comes to trading a new strategy specifically. So you're not constantly stuck in between, you know, research mode and execution mode. And the first tip is to, to just understand that this is all very normal. Uh, when you're starting a new strategy. In fact, even when you're trading, maybe a strategy you've been trading for a while, you are going to make tweaks along the way, although they should be relatively minor. Now we know, first of all, we know backtesting can only get us so far. We also know that whatever the future, future market is going to do, it's not going to be exactly like the past market. And this can make switching to execution mode from research mode difficult, especially if the first couple of trades are loser. You're going to immediately want to stop trading it, you're going to look, like I said, you're going to try to alter the strategy. The worst thing is you actually try to overfit the strategy to where, you know, maybe the recent trades that you took were losers. So you adjust it so that those were winners, or maybe you adjust the strategy so that you wouldn't have taken those trades. So there's a lot of uh, biases that are built in when you start working like that. So the first tip really is to draw a line, if you will, in your mind about which mode you're going to be in. Are you in research mode? or are you in execution mode? And the reason why this is important is because when you go from research mode to execution mode, you're gonna wanna get a certain number of trades under your belt before you alter the plan. And there's a couple reasons for this. And the main reason is that you don't wanna let the first few trades dictate what your real opinion of the strategy is going to be. You really need to get more trades under your belt um, so that you can see if this strategy actually works over time because you want to be thinking about the long term. And this leads us into tip number two, which is understanding the idea of large numbers and probabilities. And here's an example. Let's say that your research suggests uh, that you're going to have a 70% win rate or something. And, and let's just say your winners and losers are about the same, same, uh, same size. So when you start the strategy and your first two trades are losers, 
This doesn't mean that the strategy doesn't work or your research isn't valid. It just means that the latest trades, the most recent trades in this strategy happen to be losses. By the way, if you have a 70% win rate, you are not going to get seven wins in a row and then three losses. And I, I'm pretty sure that if you just traded 10 times, you probably won't get seven wins and three losses either. When you do a, uh, a back test or whatever, and you looking at 100 trades or 200 trades and you end up with a 70% win rate, you can have much longer winning and losing streaks within that. And that's just kind of the average. So to base your opinion off the first few trades really isn't allowing that research to play out for you. And that's the kind of large numbers. You got to let the numbers play out or the probabilities play out so that you can realize the benefit of that particular strategy. So whether or not the strategy starts with a win streak or a lose streak or whatever, or maybe it's just kind of random, this is very normal. The distribution of wins and losses with any given system, it's unknown and random. You know in the long term that uh, this strategy is probably going to give you a 70% win rate. However, you don't know what that next trade or the next few trades is actually going to bring you. So again, don't let the first couple of trades dictate your opinion or your confidence on a particular strategy and just throw your research out uh, down the drain or anything. And tip number three is about how to start trading it. And I just want to talk real quickly about paper trading versus real money trading. So for me, I don't paper trade new strategies. I used to paper trade when I first started trading. Uh, and there's some reasons for that, why, why paper trading still might make sense. But I really just prefer to trade in a very small size. And there's a couple reasons for there. Obviously, paper, paper trading isn't real you're not going to get the same emotional response while you're in the trade as you would trading real money. Um, obviously, if the trade goes against you, you're not worried about it. You're like, oh, whatever, I can reset the account or I'll, I'll change the strategy. And part of trading any strategy is how do you feel while you're trading it? Can you handle that volatility or you know, or can you handle the win rate or the risk and all that stuff? And if you don't have real money on the line, you're missing a big component of trading. That's where all the psychological stuff comes in. We're not going to cover that today, but even if you're, let's just say you're trading a stock strategy or just buying stock or, or ETFs or whatever. I think it's better that you would just buy a single share of that stock. Maybe it's a hundred dollar stock or $50 stock or whatever. I think you're better off buying one share with real money, even if it's only risking a few dollars, because then you'll have a little bit of risk on the line and you can start to imagine, well, if I scale this up, can I handle that amount of losses or gains or whatever it is that, that turns out for those trades? Now, other than the lack of emotion that comes with paper trading, there's also the issue of real world execution. And I see this more on the option side than anything else, but typically a paper trading program and the one that I used was with Thinkorswim at the TD Ameritrade now, they have a pretty good paper paper trading program. And I used that a long time ago. And typically the way it works, and I'm assuming the other ones are like that too, is that when you go to place that order and let's say it's an options trade, you know, there's a bid ask spread. And typically the, uh, the platform is going to put the price of the option or the spread in the middle, right? And in paper trading, that's going to fill pretty much right away because it's not real. They're just going to say, hey, you want to sell it for Let's say you want to buy an option for $1.50 and 
if that's where the mid is, it's going to fill it. And now in the real world, though, we know that it doesn't always fill at the mid. Sometimes you need to adjust it. Sometimes you, um, you know, might have to raise the price or whatever if you really want to get filled quicker or you can let it sit. And, you know, so there's a little bit of um, execution, I would say, that doesn't go into paper trading like it would in the real world. And what this ultimately translates into is different results. And usually they're more positive results because if you think about it, if I try to sell an option for a certain credit and I get filled right away, but I don't, you know, in the real world, if I wouldn't get filled, I'm not going to get as much of a credit. So my, my profits in paper trading are typically going to be greater than the profits in the real world. So again, when you go to get filled in paper trading, the fills are typically going to be in your favor most of the time, which is going to give you that kind of false hope about a strategy. So if you are going to paper trade, just understand that the results are probably going to be skewed a little bit positive and you just kind of, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Now there's another aspect of paper trading that I think makes a difference and it depends on your the time frame that you're trading in. If you're trading longer term timeframes, let's, I'm, you know, mostly, mostly talking about options here. If you're trading like 30 day, 60 day type of options and your transactions aren't very frequent, so you're going to open a trade and then you're going to stay in it for, let's say two weeks or something, and then you're going to get out. Paper trading is going to be a little bit closer to the real world then, as opposed to if you're day trading options and you're buying and selling all day long kind of thing, especially, you know, if you're trading something that's not liquid, that's going to, that slippage isn't going to show up inside of the paper trading results. So those are a couple other factors to think about that the shorter the time frame you're, you're trading on uh, in uh, paper trading, it's going to work against you. And the other thing is the liquidity. And, and one example is, you know, if you're trading spy options, let's say with a few weeks expiration, the paper trades are going to be pretty close to the to what you might get in the real world because SPY is the most liquid options instrument out there. And it's, it's actually a lot more uh, liquid than SPX. There's different reasons why we trade SPX. But um, if you try to do the same thing with SPX and you're, you're day trading going in and out, in and out, you're going to find that, that once you flip over from paper trading into real world trading, you're not going to be getting filled. You're going to be constantly adjusting. And, um, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there that the time frame you're trading in um, and the liquidity of the stock or index that you're trading are going to uh, affect the paper trading as well. And again, the paper trading is going to give you typically more positive results than it would in the real world. Now, with that said, when it comes to paper trading, if you are trading something new in the sense of it's a little bit more complex, let's say you're doing butterflies or iron condors, like multi-leg spreads, that type of thing, paper trading can be a great place to get started because not only do you have a new strategy, you have a new execution where you're like, okay, I got to get all these legs into a single order. And then maybe you want to try to bracket it. And if you're newer to a particular platform, let's say you're, you're, starting off with TD Ameritrade or Thinkorswim, paper trading is actually not a bad way to just get familiar with the platform, right? Just, you know, because it's very easy to screw up one of these trades where you think you're selling a spread instead of buying it, and which basically puts you in the op opposite position. You know, if you sell a put spread, that means you're ultimately bullish in a certain sense. But if you accidentally buy the put spread, that actually means you put a bearish position on 
and you could actually lose money and be right because your execution wasn't right. So I think paper trading is good if you're new to the execution part, um, mainly with multi-leg spreads, like I said. So I think that can be helpful when you're starting out. So again, figure out which mode you want to be in. Are you in research mode or execution mode? And once you get into execution mode, you need to give it a little bit of time. You know, I'm going to loosely say 10 trades just to kind of get a feel for how this strategy works. You're welcome to use paper trading to start out to reduce your risk, but just understand that you're not going to get the same feeling and the same execution uh, with paper trading as you would the real world. So that was a quick one today. I hope it helped. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.